Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. And as always, I'm Chris. And hey, Chris, how you doing today? How's everything going? Uh, fantastic, because it's a day off, so I mean, oh, any day bad. away from work is a good day for me. Nice. How about you? Oh, it's going great, honestly. I do work today, but I'm excited to work today. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Good. Yeah, today I got to finish sorting out some more Lego stuff for the upcoming robotics classes. And then uh, I might be going to a couple middle schools to kind of shadow some after school care. So I get a little bit more experience with the kids before the classes start. So it should oh, be good. That's cool. Yeah, should be fun. Nothing too stressful or hectic, which no day there has been stressful and or hectic. <laughs> it's been nice, <laughs> actually. I had like a 12 hour day last week. Um, where I had to do CPR training and all that stuff first and then go to work after the fact. And yeah. it didn't feel like a 12-hour day. Like, it was just Damn. kind of chill. It was it was nice. But now I'm CPR certified, which is cool. So, Yay. And I feel like everybody should have to go through that. Like, it just basically yeah. needs, like, being able to help people. Mind. Yeah. So it's, it was nice. It was a nice little change. But anyway, let's dive right into today's topic. So last week, I challenged you to a game, and that game was Enslaved. Now, mm -hmm. we will be going into that a little bit later in the episode, but I thought it would be important to kind of go over a little bit more of the current events things. And this isn't something that we normally do. We tend to dive into games from our past. We're really nostalgia heavy here, <laughs> but it's just something that is always on our mind. But this current event is a big deal. This is going to change a lot of things. And while it technically still hasn't happened yet or has been approved yet, it most likely will be. And we have a potential monopoly on our hands. And I'm sure you guys can already tell where we're going with this if you are paying attention to any sort of gaming news. But Microsoft is buying out Activision Blizzard. And that is huge. Like, holy crap, huge. And it could really change the face of gaming as we know it as a whole. And it, while it can be kind of exciting and I can see certain things that I'm interested in, it's giving Microsoft a lot of power, like a lot of power. So what, what's your first take on this when you heard of this story? Um, well, I have a few different ideas on it, but I, I knew it was coming. Honestly, I thought that. Microsoft was going to get one of the bigger ones. I didn't know if, like, when all this talk was going on between, like, Kotick and, you know, Microsoft and all the companies, like, oh, we don't want to deal with it. I was sitting there thinking, like, with how much controversy and, sh like, the companies in shambles, someone's going to buy them. Yeah. I mean, you have to think Activision, I think, is, is one of the more, or was one of the more expensive, uh, gaming companies out there i mean look at ea it's only half of the market value of what activision was which is crazy you know yeah. and there's times where i'm like oh microsoft will just full out buy ea but i i think they're in such a good partnership that they won't really do that but right there's no need i mean they still have all their ips right yeah they're still making money off them even if they don't own them so the the thing with activision is that <sighs> I there's some things about it I'm ha excited about. There's other things where I'm like, oh boy, you know. Mm -hmm. But to just answer the question, it's it's interesting. I I definitely know that I feel 
for the most part, they bought it for Candy Crush. It sounds stupid, but that thing ranks in more money than any of the other stuff. Yeah, so. I mean, if you look at the IP list, Candy Crush is the big heavy hitter currently, right? As Still. far as like, like stock market value, because it's not just Activision and Blizzard games. They bought King too. King is part of that. And Candy Crush is killing it to this day. Like, how old is that damn game at this point, right? It was like, I think it came out when I was in high school still, wasn't it? Like, yeah, more it, than it, 10 years ago? It feels like it, right? It feels like it's been a part of our life for how, like, forever. And, you know, I played it, but Same. I fell out really quickly because it just, I didn't want to keep paying money to this thing. But they're making so much money. It's insane. And one of the things that I didn't really, that kind of, like, threw up some red flags for me when I started, like, researching this topic was that the CEO of Microsoft Microsoft, actually, when all the allegations of sexual harassment and all that stuff was happening in Blizzard, um, the CEO of Microsoft came out and saying, like, this is totally unacceptable. This is horrible. All this stuff, right? Like, he really was shunning the company. And then whenever talks about a buyout were coming up, he started getting more and more quiet and kind of just kind of brushing those issues under the rug and making it sound like it wasn't as big of a deal after the market value price was set, right? Like mm -hmm. the the market value price of Blizzard and Activision definitely dropped because of this stuff, right? There's no doubt about it. So they're kind of getting this at a steal at $68 billion. Because What if hmm. they, they, they started this, right? Someone from Microsoft was like, we need to get all the dirt on Activision and try to find it and then... They yeah. they found a gold mine and were able to get the company for cheap. Like right, like that's what something if, what I was they, actually they thinking about. Like push someone to be a whistleblower, right? Like mm -hmm. they heard about the incident, they they heard about the issues, and they gave them the power and the strength to then speak their word, right? And kind of did things hiddenly in the background. Which mm -hmm. I mean, we don't want to slander because we don't want to get sued by Microsoft, but it's just all speculation and conspiracy theories, right? It's nothing. We don't have any evidence of any of that stuff. So there's that, right? But yeah. I, I do kind of want to go over a quick list of what like what IPs they're going to be acquiring from this purchase because it's kind of insane whenever you really think about it. So, you know, of course, they're getting Candy Crush, like we mentioned, but think about this. Like, they're getting Call of Duty, which is huge, right? It's a huge shooter, which Microsoft already has a huge shooter with Halo. Now they mm -hmm. also own Call of Duty 2 on that side. So now they're also going to be making money off of PlayStation, right, be with their Call of Duty stuff. Another one that's huge for them, Crash Bandicoot. Like, come on, that's that's pretty nuts right there. Um, they got things like Guitar Hero, which I could see them bringing back and putting it on Game oh, Pass yeah. and all that stuff. Um, Overwatch, like, come on, that's ridiculous. Of course, the obvious ones would be like World of Warcraft, but even Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, they now own that. Starcraft, they own that too. Spyro the Dragon, like, it would be really interesting to see games like Starcraft end up on Game Pass, which I think like it like it's all speculation but it's all possible that that stuff could now be coming back so i think with a lot of blizzards games right oh and diablo in game be, class can you imagine that that'd be red <laughs> it'll be like where you can access probably on the pc side you know because there's there are there is controller support for wow nowadays like through mods but you know, I don't think it would be anytime soon where you could play on your Xbox unless you use a mouse and keyboard, right? right? So I think definitely the PC side will have a bunch of things added to it. Mm -hmm. But something that I'm 
thinking. And I remember reading somewhere that Phil Spencer was actually interested in some of the back catalog is that look at some of the older titles. And you have to remember that back in the day, Activision bought Sierra Online. And Sierra Online was pretty much one of the best uh, developers of point-and-click games, right? Mm. Like, they right. they crushed it. Like, they literally, it was between them and I think, like, LucasArts, which I feel like they merged also. I, but yeah, I believe so. When you look at this list, like, I'm seeing Phantasmagoria, I see, you know, Police Quest, Space mm-hmm. Sim, like, all of these big, major titles of the past, which, I mean, nowadays people be like, well, what the heck are those, right? But what if they brought back all of those old point and click games right to Mm -hmm. the masses because i mean for the most part you can only get those games like through gog or possibly steam because i mean they're old right but if they brought back that catalog or you know there's a lot of other games that like from that era they could bring back like hexen like apparently like i was reading that he really wanted to bring hexen back interesting which would be kind of cool because you look at like Ravensoft and like their older games and there was a lot of stuff they worked with Microsoft back in the day. But mm-hmm. it'd be cool to bring back like Hexen and all those other old shooters. So I think are we going to see probably all of these titles on Game Pass? Possibly. If not, they'll definitely be released somehow on there. And it makes me wonder eventually what if there's a separation game pass where there is a console one and then there i mean i guess there is but the, yeah there already is because some of the games they already make it clear like oh yeah. this is better on this controller or whatnot then they have well, there's games even that, ones you can't get on the console right or even the like oh we have touch sensitivity so you can play them on your ipad or your iphone mm-hmm. as well right like they've already begun to kind of create those mini like ecoverses right of these different environments that for people to play so it's not just on the console anymore now you have game pass on the pc now you have game pass on your ipad on your iphone you know like they're really branching out like it's almost like they knew this was going to happen right and so they started working towards that preemptively and it's it's pretty brilliant i mean like game pass is coming out with new games every week right like the the content is insane how much they're pumping out and now they have this really deep pool of games to continue pumping out and it's just it's kind of nuts think about it if they keep now with this they have a huge amount of games that they can easily like release over time and it's like when you get down to it, they're trying to get games from every kind of genre, right? To try and attract every kind of person. Because mm-hmm. before, like, everyone always looked at Xbox as, like, the shooter platform. And that was it, right? Mm-hmm. It was always shooters or... God, there was one other game they're always known for. But that was it. And mm-hmm. now they're trying to have uh, I feel like a bigger playing field. Like arcade games. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. And now they're like getting companies, you know, you look at like Bethesda, so it's going to be RPGs, you know, that Microsoft is going to excel in every field except for like the Japanese market because mm-hmm. well one, an American company can't buy a Japanese company. Right. And two, you know, I mean the, the freaking 
Switch, Nintendo is still king in Japan, not even the PlayStation. So it's like, it it's interesting how different Japan is from here with right. stuff. But, you know, people are like all worried, like, oh, like Sony's going to lose now. They're not going to make it. But I think for the most part, a lot of these big titles will not be like... Like, Call of Duty will still come out for PlayStation. And I was thinking, like, what if they did it where, you know, Warzone will obviously always be on PlayStation. What if, like, the multiplayer was cross-platform? But if you wanted the the story or maybe a different mode, then it'll be, you know, Microsoft exclusive. Like, they're not mm-hmm. going to cut off a whole platform because that's where they make all their money. You know, if they make Call of Duty one platform, a lot of the money and worth that it is, it won't happen since Call of Duty is so damn popular on PlayStation. So it'd be stupid for them to uh, to cut that money off. Yeah. You know, with Diablo, Overwatch, stuff like that. I mean, especially with Diablo, it's like, okay, it's more n- known on a PC side of it. They could release it on PlayStation if they wanted, but you know, it's, I think because those titles were announced way before this buyout, they have to come out on all the platforms. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm also looking at games like five years from now that they might not have a name to it. Those will be exclusive. And right. this back catalog. Oh, yeah. Guitar Hero. It'll only be Xbox. And dude, I'm excited for Guitar Hero. I love those games. <laughs> yeah, I, they were fun. They're a waste of plastic, but, you know, it's, it'd be cool to bring all that back. You know, think about, you know, trying to create like a a rock smith, but now with Guitar Hero to make it more interesting. Like it's, I don't know, like, I'm excited to see what they do with this. But yeah, it is kind of scary because, I mean, at this point, Xbox is just going to freaking buy all the big companies as i was looking at this list of like the games with the highest uh market value Mm -hmm. and next is ea and then i think it's ubisoft and then uh it's embracer which i think that is the one that has thq which i think if microsoft buys another major company it's gonna be that because when you look back at their older catalog, THQ did a lot of work with them. And their other side companies actually helped uh, with doing the uh, Master Chief collection. So I think maybe in a year or two, we're going to see Microsoft buying them because so many other games were on their ecosystem. But after that, a lot of these other game companies are Japanese or they don't seem to really come out on the Xbox. So it'll be interesting to see like the next studio they buy. Right. I mean, so there's some articles out there. I mean, like with Xbox owning such a big chunk of the market currently now, like it's going to change the way that 
developers create their games, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like we're going to see so many more independent companies like shifting over to Xbox because they have so much power. But there is an article that I, I saw recently that there's three more studios that potentially might be joining the Xbox family in the near future because they're creating games that are Xbox exclusives now, right? Much on so, uh So it is Crystal Dynamics, IO Interactive. What? Yep. IO Interactive and Avalanche Studios. So Crystal Dynamics is actually supposedly making or developing Perfect Dark Reboot. And uh, Avalanche Studios is working on Contraband. And then IO Interactive uh, apparently is working on a game called Project Dragon as well. And they're all set to potentially be Xbox exclusives in the near future. So with Crystal Dynamics, I mean, I think mark sweeney that's how you say his name i swear he's like one of the major people in crystal dynamics or he was i don't know if they would ever be fully bought out just because they've done so much with playstation yeah probably not fully bought out but the fact that they're talking about just exclusives for xbox i feel like we're going to see a lot more of that in the near future where yeah. Xbox is going to have a much wider library of just exclusive games because they're going to have so much pool now, right? Oh, yeah. So it's it's um, kind of crazy. I think that... I'm trying to think what the hell Avalanche did recently because that's one I feel like I don't really hear that much. Avalanche Studios. Yeah, I feel like I haven't really... I feel like it's been a while for them. Oh, they did the Just Cause games, The Hunter. Mm. Yeah, they did mostly a Just Cause, and they helped with Rage 2. So, yeah, so the game I could Contraband is going to be supposedly like working on uh, going to Xbox exclusive pretty soon here. Yeah, I could see that one going over. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. You yeah, know, definitely. All right. So I feel like that might be enough for some current events. There's a lot going on and we're going to get a lot more information in the near future. I mean, the buyout isn't even said to happen until 2023, right? Officially. So there's some time we'll get a lot more information on that. And I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about because I feel like some more stuff is going to surface pretty soon here. (laughs) We might find out some more uh, dark secrets from these companies. But anyway. Hmm. On a lighter note, I feel like it is about that time to touch on the game that I challenged you on, Enslaved. Now, Enslaved was a game that I actually really enjoyed when I was younger, and I feel like nobody talked about this title, or at least no one in my circle, right? I feel like it didn't get the love and appreciation that I feel like it actually deserves, because it's a very interesting concept and it was fun to play. Um, the whole premise of it, it's it's called Enslaved Journey to the West. So it's taking that classic story of Journey to the West, the ancient Chinese tale that was adapted to Japanese stories as well, and creating a more modern version of that, right? So they really leaned heavily on the classic characters 
So you have Monkey, who is literally a monkey in the other stories as well, who wore a headband where he was actually controlled by the uh, the priest that was traveling from China to India to, you know, pass on the word of Buddha and all that fun stuff, right? So, like, they, they actually did incorporate that into this game, but I feel like they did it in a really interesting way fun way and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like a big departure for ninja theory i feel right like it, it was a big change and it kind of it pushed them into a different direction as far as game development goes that i find really interesting and you know when i was younger i didn't know any of that i just thought it was a cool game but now looking into it some more and doing some more research on the company i found this kind of more interesting side of it but first of all let's Let's have you take over. How? What did you think of the game? Did you enjoy it? Did you have fun playing it? What's your initial thoughts? Uh, I I really enjoyed it. I I remember seeing this game when it came out. Right, like it it was kind of a big deal uh, when it was getting released because people were like, "Oh my god, this game looks amazing!" Like graphic wise, because I mean, for the time, this game looked great. I think it and still looks really good today. It, like it does. I I played it on my Series X, so I had that FPS boost, mm. and it it played really well. Like I was like, wow. Like there was times where the controls did kind of piss me off because either I thought I swung at an enemy, but then the camera warped me around. Yeah, and then I just get hit. But honestly, the game isn't that hard. Like, you can take a bunch of hits and still live. But I'm really happy I played this. Because this... I remember when it came out. It came out, I think, 2010? Yeah. Though, between 2008 to 2012, I kind of stopped playing games for a bit. Right? I didn't keep up with anything. I would just see, like, videos or things in magazines about it. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing this game and I was like, oh, that looks kind of cool. And I was was interested in the journey to the West story, right? Like Mm -hmm. other games have done in the past. You know, you even look at like the original like Dragon Ball. Some people say it's like that. And it's, I was interested in it. But at the time I wasn't in the game, so I didn't really care. Recently, I kept looking at like, oh, I should play that. I should play it. But like you said, no one I really know has played it or they said they gave up like an hour in because it just wasn't for them. Right. And then when you challenged me to, I was like, oh, finally I get to play this game. And I liked it. It's, it definitely feels kind of dated, you know, dated in the sense that it's the game that's typical of its time. So like that, I think it's the sixth generation of games. Yeah, I believe so. that time. That's all the kind of games we saw. Those kind of action adventure kind of platforming games. But the thing I liked about this is that it mixed different things in there. Right, you got the shooting with the staff. You got different enemy types. I mean, the wave based combat does get kind of annoying because sometimes they really like throw it at you. But yeah. I thought the like leveling up your. Um, your fighting skills so you get different moves it was kind of cool like i love when you destroy all the enemies of that like round and it zooms into you like just like bashing the robot apart i was like dude this is badass like yeah the nice little slow-mo act there yeah super cinematic the game does look good like i turned the brightness down just a little bit and i was like wow like it 
to an extent, especially when it's zoomed out, it definitely looks almost like a PS4 kind of game. You mm-hmm. know, like it, the graphics hold up. And, you know, the characters are cool. I piggy annoyed the hell out of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just, yeah, I'm, I was looking at the DLC for it and it was like revolving around him. And I'm like, yeah, new. No. Like, that's yeah. a, that's a skip. That guy annoyed me. But he, there was some funny things he said, but it's just, you know, it's a product of the time when it comes to that typical character. But, right. Monkey was cool. Like, at first, I didn't really like him because he was that solitary kind of like grunt kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But then he grew on me later. And I thought the dynamic between him and Trip was really cool. And, I know we'll get into this a little bit more shortly. But when I was playing this, I was like, man, this feels like Ico, like that PS2 game, you know? Oh, yeah. I could see that. And then I was reading that that was actually the inspiration for this dynamic in the game. Was that they originally liked the idea of Ico and they wanted to keep it kind of similar to that. Mm -hmm. But change it up. And... Honestly, as someone who did play Ico in the past, I can really feel it. You know, instead of being kind of doomed to always hold her hand or, you know, keep her around, I love that you can like pull up your like left bumper and it's like, oh, can I call you for an upgrade? Or you can be a decoy. Like, I really loved that decoy system. Like, it was, they made this other character seem useful when normally in games, those kind of characters are useless. Right. Mm-hmm. They just they hide behind cover. They don't do anything. But they actually made her character seem like, hey, this is helpful. Like you actually need it to progress. I really like this game. I I think in my opinion, if you're a person that doesn't mind like the typical game of that time with like wave combat and just the action adventure style of that era. I mean, I I'd recommend it to people. I thought it was I thought it was fun. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. And like actually looking more into it, I realized how much more I actually like this game. And yeah, like the the team nine da- dynamic between Monkey and Trip was really fun, right? Like if it, it never felt like a daunting task having her around because you could even like pick her up, you can chuck her across, you know, like mm-hmm. areas that she can't jump to. Like it, it just felt good. Like I feel like they did the the Ico thing but kept it in like the action realm, right? So it all felt more practical that way. So it was just a it's a really fun title and I really love the setting of this game. I think visually it looks awesome and I feel like it's probably like unknowingly like this kind of setting has inspired probably a lot of different games like i can kind of see some like horizon zero dawn in this game as well right like the the broken down futuristic you know world with giant mech like animal kind of creatures running around and just destroying everything but what i think really sells this game is the character animations and if you look at some behind the scenes stuff everything here is actually like fully acted out by the voice actors themselves and mm-hmm. they are in the the mocap soups everything and you can feel it in the the actual animations themselves how they're moving and it just really speaks to the amount of work that's 
one particular person put into the studio who really like believed in their message. And surprisingly enough, that was Andy Serkis. Like how crazy is that? Right. Like freaking Gollum was like the lead creative director for this game and for um, Heaven or Heavenly Sword as well. And it's just, it's so weird to think about that. And he he made it a point to really push all the voice actors and like push them past what they were comfortable with to get the best out of them. And it shows like the, the movements are really fluid. Nothing feels like super janky. Like not to say that this game is a perfect game because it's not. There's a lot of glitches in it and a lot of issues that I even ran into in my original playthrough that I still remember to this day where there's certain scenes where, you know, you have to run away from danger, right? There's a big event, everything's falling apart around you, so you have to traverse and platform through everything. And platforming in a 3D game is already kind of cumbersome sometimes, right? But I feel like it's really smooth in here. The main issues that kind of came up was certain things with timing, right? Where, like, there were certain triggers that happened out of sequence, where, like, as soon as you step on a platform, you don't even get to the end where you're supposed to jump off. Well, that platform is supposed to drop out from under you once you jump because, you know, add a drama, make it feel like you really need to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you hit the platform, it will just drop. So you have no chance of actually getting across it. And I ran into that a couple times, you know, like, and it, it did make it kind of difficult and a little bit frustrating um, playing through it. But I think what just kept me coming back was the interactions between the characters themselves. It felt real and it just felt really good like that i really do appreciate the fact that they switched to a focus on more of like a narrative story rather than the gameplay does the gameplay struggle because of that yes yes it does the fighting can be a little bit repetitive but it is still really interesting because you have different facets and different ways of moving things around but you know it just it you can tell that they shifted their focus more to the narrative to try and tell a story Mm -hmm. and that could be because, you know, Andy Serkis's background is in movies and he wants to tell a story and he pushed the company to do that when they're supposed to be making games, right? So there could be the argument there that they went in the wrong direction or shifted their focus too far to one side. But I don't know. I, I, I like this blend and I like the step forward, at least. At least they were trying something different with games. So it's, I don't know, it's cool. <laughs> it was a fun little experience for me, in my opinion. Yeah, like it's I don't know, like it when I first played it I didn't realize there'd be like, you know, upgrade orbs and the masks. Like I thought it was really ingenious how what they do with the masks that you find, right? It's it's another for people that don't know it's collectibles, you know, it's you have your orbs that give you upgrade abilities and then there's these special masks that you find in different stages and basically when your character finds one it flashes them to this real life image right like current mm-hmm. day and i feel like it was a lot of images from like i don't know maybe the developers like trip or something because that's what it seemed like it looked like a person living their life did you and, make it to the end oh yeah i beat it i okay, just didn't okay. want to like uh, throw okay, any spoilers okay. really out there yeah. but you know those masks to the people that haven't beaten this or are interested in it those masks do kind of they you find out what they are mm-hmm. at the end of the game. You know, it doesn't spoil anything by finding them, but it it's a cool little feature that I was surprised 
that they did. Because usually collectibles and games mean nothing at the ending, right. right? Like, it's usually just another waste of time to make you play the game more. But these actually all went with it. And it was really cool. Like, I, I really liked it. The The final battle was kind of cool. Yeah. I didn't I didn't think it would be that epic. But, uh... Super cinematic. Really just crazy. And while you might not like Piggy, he did have kind of a little bit of a redemption arc at the end, right? Like... Oh, yeah. A little bit. A little bit. I mean, he's still kind of gross and scumbaggy, but... Yeah, but yeah, it's I don't know. Like the that was I think one of the biggest like saving graces of this game was even there were moments in this game that felt like you were watching a cutscene, but you were playing the game, right? And mm-hmm. I feel like even like the the opening sequence of this title, whenever the the ship is exploding around you and you're running across the platforms, it's a great tutorial level, like really really well laid out to show you like how far you can jump, what you can, or what to look out for as far as like what to grab and climb and things like that, teaching you combat on the go. But it kept pushing you forward in a very cinematic and interesting way where like stuff is blowing up and you have to like rush through. And it just set the pace from the very beginning of this title, right? And I love that opening sequence of this game. And I I feel like it's one of my most remembered opening sequences or first levels. Mm -hmm. Uh, just because of the way they handled that tutorialization, like it's, it was so ingrained into the game itself, and it moves seamlessly from you actually performing these crazy like action hero moves and like parkouring like nuts across the building, right? To cutscene, right? Like it just seamlessly went back and forth that way that I found really interesting. So, kudos to them for that because that's not easy to pull off. And you know. Ninja Theory, they, they've they had some good titles, you know, released. I mean, granted, the only big title before Enslaved was Heavenly Sword, which, you know, I I don't think I ever played it, but I've always heard people say, like, it was an enjoyable game. Oh, like, you never played a, Heavenly Sword? No. Oh, wow. I've seen videos of it, and it looks cool. The, the Heavenly Sword is similar to this, right? Where mm-hmm. the interaction between the characters is like, chef's kiss like holy crap amazing right like you Mm. really feel for these characters and i feel like it's even stronger in heavenly sword and they actually like modeled andy circus's face into the game like he's legit in it (laughs) which is pretty crazy but the gameplay and combat is it's pretty repetitive it 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 gets a little annoying at times and kind of like eh, whatever but the the characters themselves is what really drives that game. And like the, you really do feel for each one of them. And Andy Serkis's performance in that game is nuts. And it's, it's weird to think or talk about a game in that avenue or that light, right? Where you're talking about an actor's performance in a game and how it really propels the game forward. When usually our main focus is to talk about the gameplay itself and how that pushes the game forward. Right. So like it, it creates a very different conversation as far as gaming goes that I do really appreciate that what Ninja Theory was doing with these titles. That's it's very, I don't know. It just, it changes the way that you want to think or view or talk about games. I mean, if you focus on having good acting in your games, it really does almost become a saving grace. Even if your game is not that good, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's something that I feel 
over the years, it's getting better with that. You know, people are having better actors in there and it just seems more cohesive. And like I was, when I think about acting in games, I always remember of Assassin's Creed Odyssey because mm-hmm. between playing the female or the male, I played the female and like I tried out both. And the female actor in that game changed it for me. Like some of the best acting in a game. But then when you play as the male, it just, it was boring. It, he didn't capture the same like energy as the woman did. Right. And it makes you wonder like, man, if every game had like a really good, like, you know, acting and mocap and stuff to make it seem more realistic. Like it, it really does carry a game. And I feel like they're only starting to realize that recently because you're noticing the acting in games getting a lot better. But the thing back then, you know, in Slade was like, pretty on top of it in my opinion like it it seemed the motions and everything seemed kind of realistic in those cutscenes. like it didn't it didn't look fake which was surprising yeah yeah it's it's really i don't know there's there's a lot of good things to say about this game and there's a lot of negative things to say about it too like was it a, a smashing success no they didn't make a lot of money off of this game i mean but they also didn't make a lot of money off heavenly blade as well But I feel like what these games have done for gaming as a whole is worth more than that. I mean, that doesn't keep the lights on, of course, right? But I do like the fact that it kind of introduced us to the idea of having real name actors in Mm -hmm. games and them pushing that side of it. Because narratives in games is never really like a heavy focus. And I, I... I feel like this is probably like a good segue into us. Like we need to re-record <laughs> that episode, our debate episode of what's more important, narrative or gameplay in games, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe that's what we do next because it, just to peek behind the curtain real quick, we've only lost one episode <laughs> out of all this stuff, knock on wood, that we only lose one. Uh, but it was that. We did have a little debate um, early on about what was more important. Was it gameplay in games or story in games? And it was a really interesting conversation, I think. And maybe we revisit that after this. I think this is like a nice little eye-opener, kind of like peak teaser thing to that kind of idea. I think so. I I really enjoyed that episode. And I was really bummed when it didn't work out. Yeah. Because, I don't know, I was pretty excited for it. Because I felt like we both brought up some really good points. Mm-hmm. I feel like now, after doing this for a whole year, <laughs> after that oh, episode, yeah. right? Like, I feel like we could have something a little bit more meaningful and interesting to say about it, too. So, be on the lookout for that. It'd be really interesting. But... Do you have any final thoughts on the game Enslaved? Anything to say to the people who might be hesitant to pick it up or the ones who've just never heard of this title before in their life? Uh, well, plus side to everybody, this game goes really cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it goes on sale kind of often digitally, like on Steam. I think it goes down below $5, probably Xbox Marketplace too. If you're in the physical games, it's usually under $10, too. So, I mean, the game's cheap. That's and a steal for this title. For how much work went into it? Damn. Yeah. it. You know, I was hesitant playing at first because I've played a lot of these kind of games. And it does get 
repetitive when you play these games. But this game kind of stood out in certain moments that made me want to keep playing. You know, the the first hour might be a little rough, especially if you've been playing modern games recently and you go back like it it, it does feel dated, but you know, the acting and the setting, it's just it's nice. Mm-hmm. It's a nice bright fresh landscape that compared to a lot of the games during that era were usually pretty dark. It's cool. And, you know, if you guys can get it cheap, I, well, why not pick it up? You know, I mean, this does feel like a game that would be on like games for gold or PlayStation plus one day, but you know, if you have the opportunity to play it, just, just check it out and see if you like it. You know, it's, it's different. And I feel like this was a game that kind of, push ninja theory to kind of take things more seriously like you know before hellblade and stuff mm-hmm. so it's it's interesting seeing the evolution of that game company and like where they are now yeah nice well said well said so i would say that this was probably a good challenge for you then huh like it kind of oh yeah nice good i'm glad you enjoyed this title because i'm excited for the next challenge one day yeah That'll definitely be coming out in the pipeline a little bit later. So we'll see what comes up next. I got a, I got a few in the barrel now that Uh-oh. I've been thinking about it. Some, some kind of obscure ones. Some that were a little bit of hidden gemmies, maybe. Because uh, I, I don't know. I was always drawn to those games that like nobody freaking talked about. I loved going to the game store and just finding a random box on the wall that I'm like, I don't know what this is. I'll get it right. Like that was oh, yeah. really fun to me to kind of explore those. So I, I got a, a couple fun ones that I loved visually. I don't know if they still hold up mechanically, you know. But yeah, it'd be nice to revisit them. But anyways, I think that's gonna do it for us this week. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed this challenge episode and keep up with those current events and because it's going to be changing the landscape of gaming as we know it right and be on the lookout for potential debate episodes we might want to start fleshing that stuff out it'll be really fun yeah but yeah anyways thank you guys so much for listening this week we will definitely be talking to you next week with some more fun and exciting news of the video game world so yeah with that uh bye bye